nice things. Hello, good evening, and welcome to another fun-packed, thrill-filled edition of Nice Things. Nice Things. The antidote to modern living. Joining me, Sir Michael Livesley, this week we have... My name is Paul Carmichael. I think I need to be more French. That's my mantra. Be more French. What's so put yellow French. headlamps on your car and stuff like that? That sort of thing. Drive one of those. What's one of those strange shaped cars they all drive? The Citroen. You know, the Citroen. ones with the pneumatic uh, suspension. With the roof. That's yeah, it. I want, gorgeous I, things. I want one of those. And just a general... I, I've been thinking this week about what we need. And I think as a, as a nation, we need to yeah. be more French. Because they're brilliant, aren't they? Because I think... Uh, this may all be stereotypical nonsense, of course, but 99% of the time, they're rather placid, the French, and they're sort of like <laughs> yeah. being being cool and smoking cheroots and, uh, you know, drinking wine, and it's all beautiful in the Dordogne. But that yes. 1% of the time, that 1% of a time, that someone says, oh, now we might have to put income, income tax up by half a pfennig in about 16 years. They're out there, and they just set fire to sheep, and they just go, yes. no, 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 no. I totally approve of this, and I think we need to be doing a little bit of that. Utterly placid, and then just occasionally go, right. Um, I think that would work. Well, that's, just... a, that's a good idea. So, um, yeah. a couple of things. Um, I always thought that the dodoine was a kind of onomatopoeic word for getting a hard-on. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I always thought that was quite, you know, dodoine. Yeah. Um, I always thought that worked. Uh, and Fennig's an outdated mode of currency in Germany. I Germany, think. yes, I'm aware. I, oh, so, I'm a... so, if we're talking traditionally, half a centime? Well, we could go with that. I mean, I did try at that moment. I was trying to think, what's it bloody called? What euros do they have now? And... What are little euros. euros called? No, but what are the little fellas called? The pennies? Cents. Ah, they are. Like they the are. Americans. Yes. They are. They used to be centimes in France, didn't they? Oh, that's nice. That's a lovely word, rather than cent. Yes, but scent is, is something you squirt on your neck, isn't you? Yes, it is. Isn't yes. it? Isn't you? Isn't you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, look, it's rained. This is lovely. We it are, has. Uh, it, we're, we're, we're engulfed in petrichor. Have you got Have you got rain there? Oh, yeah, it rained for a good sort of hour. Not brilliantly, but we should explain to the boys and girls at home, whether you are listening or watching, hello, mm. uh, that we're recording this just off the back of that heat wave that we had. Wow. So... This is the first day I've been able to function, really, for the mm. best part of a week. Yes. So there has been rain, oh, it was, and I was outside when it started. I, oh. I got caught in it on the way back from Weatherspoons. Lovely. I stood there and just enjoyed it, like Andy McDowell in a shit Richard Curtis movie, just sort of looking up at the sky. Bit like that. Yeah. But then I realised I was in shorts and then I got jolly cross because my legs got cold. Yes, they would. They would. Mm. I was in a suede jacket. I seem to go out in jackets despite whatever the weather is. Yeah. No, there's a yes. sense to that, though, isn't there, I think? Because, you know, with well, the jacket, British. you're always going to be safe. It is British. Absolutely. It is. So, so British with a hint of France is what we're talking about. We need a happy medium here. I think <coughs> that there's an awful lot of things that we do well in this country, such as always taking a jacket, because that's important. Always, yes, yes. So we have to maintain that sort of standard yes. and always take our jackets out. But on the other hand, I think pretty much the rest of the time, just sit around and if things happen, just go, oh, you know, just a little shrug and a, oh, that sort of noise. Oh, but then, that's the one. But then yeah. when you get that 1% of the time when someone says, we're going to do this thing, you won't even notice. No, on the street, set fire to the cattle. That's right. Send them down the road. That's when I think Frenchman, I always think of Jack Haig as Leclerc 
in Alawalo. Jack Hay was magnificent. He was. He was brilliant. But, I mean, the rain is here now, and to, to sort of bridle it to your um, Francophile introduction, um, there has been a little rain Ooh. fell on theatre land this week, has there not? With a, a sort of Gallic theme, um, thanks to the um, reimagining of Joan of Arc. Um, so, as our resident theatre expert, why don't you tell the boys and girls what's going on? The Globe Theatre are doing a production, uh, The Story of Joan of Arc, mm. and they're featuring, uh, so they're pre- presenting Joan as somebody who would have been non-binary. I think that's right. Mm. Um, and naturally, this has caused an explosion on Twitter, and you look at the amount of comments, and I just think, my God, if all of you ever went to the Globe Theatre, <laughs> they'd be raking it in. Yeah. But are any of you going to go and watch the production? No. Were any of you going to see the production Have now decided not to? No. So no. it's just, but we, we love outrage, don't we? We love, we love outrage, apparently. So yeah. what we've got then is, a, is an interesting situation of this play being presented by the Globe. And it seems to have angered everybody, which I find fascinating. I mean, it's not is just this Saint John? Is, is this St. John? Is it Bernard Shaw who wrote St. John? Right. Sorry, I'm saying St. John. It's Joan of Arc. Yeah, you're right. Okay. But isn't St. Yeah. John about Joan of Arc? It is. Yeah, yeah. But that's, so is that's, this a new play, or is it... It's it's a new play. It's a new play, right. It's okay. a new play. And, of course, we do have St. Joan, and St. Joan is a bloody good play. Oh, yes, Kenneth yeah. Williams as the Dauphin. Oh, absolutely. You know, that, yeah. that pivotal moment in his life, he could have gone into the National Theatre and just made it as a performer. But didn't there. he walk on one night and do a good evening? A yes, summit to the, to the audience. Yes. I th- I think <laughs> Played to the audience one night, yes. Yeah. Isn't it Maggie Smith who tells that story, or am I misremembering? No, no, you're quite right. It's Maggie Smith who, yeah. who remembers that one. Yeah. Um, and I suppose that's the problem with Williams, isn't it? It was that I don't think he could have done that sort of certainty of the same words, the same moves, the same everything, night after night after night. I think for someone like him, it would have completely bogged him down. So... That's why whatever he was doing, he was doing another thing, which was a review show, him and Fenella Fielding. And he just Pieces couldn't. of eight. That's it. Yeah, written by yeah. Peter Cook, of course. Yeah. And he could not stick to the script after the first few weeks. Of course not. He was just enjoying himself all the time. So I've yeah. got to admire that. But, yeah. Yeah. but you're right, he played the Dauphin in St. Jo- uh, Joan. Um, so we've got a cracking uh, play that's there. I don't know. I mean, I've not seen the play. That's the first. Has thing, anyone obviously. seen the play? I don't think anyone's seen the play. I think it's still in rehearsal. Um, Putting my think... cynical head on. Sorry, mm. you carry on. No, no, go on, go on, because I think we're about to go down the similar road. Okay, here. putting my cyn- cynical professional head on. I don't mm. think you can buy publicity like they've got. No. I mean, it is just being. I, I mean, I, I sort of dip my toe into the cesspool that is Twitter, um, mainly. Um, I, I suppose I've got a, a few accounts that are, are wonderful to sort of, you know, is it Archive TV Musings or whatever? Oh, he posts yeah. just some cracking photographs. Um, there was a belter this morning. I can't remember what it was. I was going to send it to you. It was the cast of Secret Army <clears throat> doing a photo shoot. Um, it was fantastic. So there's sort of little gems like that. There's a few mm. accounts that are just fantastic. You know, like Morris Bright, he posts some incredible photos. An interesting mm. conversation this morning about the great Liz Fraser. Um, oh. Loathing Jack Douglas. I did not know. I mean, why would you know? 
Um, but uh, he sort of hinted at no someone may have just said it's a yeah it was someone else who responded saying it's a in a sort of conan doyle holmesian way a tale for which the world is not yet ready so i burn with curiosity but aside from sort of my curated feed Mm. um i don't particularly venture too far into twitter it's it's easy to get oneself either annoyed or depressed um but this infiltrated you know, my, um, what is it, flower-like world, as Morrissey refers to it. Um, So it's obviously a hot-button topic. It absolutely Um, is. I mean, the key thing I think that you've you've said there is that you cannot buy publicity like this. No, you can't. You can't. You really can't. Um, And it is, therefore, a play that will always be remembered. But then what we've got to do here is we've got to think. Um, About this time last year, there was a big controversy because Channel 5 were doing a docudrama about Anne Boleyn in which Anne was going to be played by a non-white actor. And, of course, everything exploded. When that was transmitted, I went back to Twitter to see what was being said. Nothing. Because no one watched it. (laughs) Hardly anybody watched it. A few people did. I did. And and it was really... It was well-done Channel 5 docudrama fair. It was quite good. I enjoyed Mm. it. But literally nobody got onto Twitter and was then absolutely outraged one way or the other or whatever. People had already given up by that point before it was on. I think we'll see a similar thing here. The way it might work better for theatre than television, of course, is in TV, really, what you want to do is keep that outrage till you go Mm. out on the night so it gets your ratings Yeah, yeah, yeah. With a theatre play, once the outrage is, is already there, people are likely to phone the box office and book tickets so they can say, I saw it, I think. Um... It's it's a very difficult subject, this. Uh, one that you and I aren't fully qualified to talk about, really. But no, not really, but I find it I, I find it a sort of interesting it's, it's case study. Because I mean, to be quite honest with you, there must be theatre pieces like this going out all the time, mm-hmm. all the time, um, that are designed um, to... To challenge audiences, I think that's that's potentially the mission statement of those who write it. No idea, don't know them. Um, so you've got that, um, mm. but for some reason, this. I mean, wh- when did Joan of Arc become um, so sort of famous? Shall we say? Well, I don't know. I mean, she seems to be held by many different groups as an admirable sort of uh, representative, I suppose. But those groups seem to lie across the full political spectrum, which is, so that's kind of interesting as to who owns her, who's got ownership of Joan, which side is she on? So everything is political. Everything is political. I think it's very difficult for anything to not be political, even if you don't want to. Mm. Um, I mean, I ended up in a not, not an altercation. Is this like strong that. arm then back in the saddle? Do you know what this wasn't strong arm at all? Oh. What this was was a discussion about theatre um, on on Twitter, and it was related to this play. Okay. Um, and what what attracted me was that it was the usual thing of people saying, "Well, of course, it was illegal to go on cha- on stage if you were a woman in Shakespeare's day." And that's one of those little niggles that I have because it wasn't illegal. There was no law preventing it. There were a lot of uh, constructs in society that said it was the wrong thing to do, but there weren't laws 
per se, stopping you actually going on stage as a woman. Women could go and perform at masks and, and that sort of thing. It was the women could own a theatre. You know, there was nothing to stop you, and women did indeed own theatres. Mm. Um, so I pointed that out. And then I also talked about how um, you had the molly houses and the whore houses, because somebody else referred to them as, as whores. And I thought, well, I'm not being drawn in on that. That's that's deliberately put there so that I react in a certain way. So I just said, there's an interesting relationship, of course, between the whorehouses and the molly houses. What were the molly houses for, uh, for people well, who are listening? No idea what that good is. Good point. So a whorehouse is where anyone, man or lady, could go to sleep with a lady prostitute. A, whore, uh, a molly house is where anyone, man or lady, could go to sleep uh, with a male prostitute. They were called right. mollies. And there was a certain amount of, of dressing up and playing with ideas of femininity and that sort of thing that happened. But this is where I always get find this fascinating, because we feel that we've almost got to reclaim these poor people who didn't know what they were doing. It's bollocks. It's total bollocks. We're talking about a time when... You know, you could go to the whore house or go to the Molly house because, you know, you may as well, because Hamlet's too long. You know, people forget the proximity in which theatre and these other things mm. existed. Once you get over to the South Bank, you walk past the Burr Gardens, where you can watch burrs killing each other for fun. You go past the Globe Theatre, <laughs> and then you can do a left, and you're walking up Grope Cunt Lane, which is where yes. the the, the, the uh, whore houses were. So I simply pointed out, I simply said there's an interesting relationship between the whore houses and the Molly houses, and the theatres of the time. I saw my ass third, yeah. Uh, apparently I was I was an extremist. I don't know, an extremist Shakespearean, maybe. But um, I, I was... And so I just thought, I'm not doing this. Strongarm did not come out to play. Strongarm at the moment is going, that's too hot to handle. Ooh. He's between series. Because... You're a historical last... absolutist, then. <sighs> No, because I'm not asked if... No, if no, no, Anne I'm Boleyn... on about... That's a, possibly a charitable way of putting how you're viewed, your opinions are viewed. Maybe maybe they are, but but I don't even think it's that. It's, I, I dislike commonly learned things that are incorrect. So, you know, mm. the moment that somebody says, um, oh, it was illegal to do this, well, it wasn't. So you just go, oh, no, no, that's... Many people think that, but that's not actually the case. I thought but, that. But to challenge that, to actually say, oh, no, no, that's not the case. Jesus Christ, that's like you've just punched someone's mum. I mean, it's... <laughs> it's I think Twitter I itself is like punching someone's mum. It is, actually. So, so it's an interesting situation for the globe at the moment. I think... I think what, you, what, what you've maybe got to think of with this, of course, is if you are going to... No, let me contextualise it a little bit. It's like I was saying the other day. I think that what we've got these days now is a culture in which it's so easy to click like or make the little heart on Twitter like mm. light up. You know, oh, like. So someone says, oh, look at the starving Romanian puppies. Oh, like. I liked mm. that. I can feel good about myself. I've got mm. a buzz because I might even share it and then other people can see that I care. And I think maybe what's happening here is that people who work in marketing and so on are looking at what gets likes and what yeah. gets shared. And they're going, oh, well, people like that. No, people people just want the little warm buzz of going, there, I did my thing just then. Well, this people is the, like that the, buzz. the cloaking in virtue, isn't it? In, mm. sort of, um, in the absence of any true virtue. That old saying about if your reputation met your character, would they recognise each other? 
<clears throat> you know, there's a lot of that going on on the internet. No, there absolutely is. But I think that what then happens is people confuse those likes for people are really interested. And I don't think people are quite often. And I think what you're going to end up with is therefore something where you are designing pieces of artistic work that are mostly going to appeal to an audience that doesn't really exist. That's mm. my concern. And in these times of austerity, when it comes to funding and all that sort of stuff, when there's no money, or anything like that, I think you're going to end up going, oh, we're not getting the audience that we should. You've got to think mass appeal as well. You have to think mass appeal. Now, I'm not saying the Globe haven't done that, because I've not seen it. So it could be that it's a brilliant play. But <clears throat> I hope there's a reason for it, and it's not hammered on top, because... And, and that it's just being done... If it's just being done for the sake of controversy, I'm going to be really, really pissed off at that, to be honest. Because there's no need. I mean, it's the whole idea of cross-casting in Shakespearean plays goes back, you know, for God knows how long, since um, Sarah Bernhard played Hamlet in the 1800s. Mm -hmm. So we've got a long history of that. I directed Hamlet with an all-female cast in 2008. You've got to have now, I think, a reason... You can't just present something and go, it's interesting because it exists. Well, we've seen that it's interesting because it exists. What's the thought behind it? But then again, I think you also need, if you're the Globe Theatre or if you are someone with a strong belief in something, I think you also need to maybe be a little bit subtle. Because if you shout at me on Twitter and say, you've got to care, I won't. I'm sorry, mm. I'm rather stubborn. No, no, I'll, I might, I'll be interested. But the moment that you say, you've got to care about this, I, I then go, do I? Do I really have to care? Mm. Any more than I would because you're just a human being and therefore worth caring about. So mm. it's... Mm. Well, it's been an I interesting week, hasn't it? For it's all been of very these things, you've had the uh, effectively... Um, the culmination of, I think... Well, I think it's like 33 years for Salman Rushdie, Salman Rushdie since um, the fatwa was placed on him. Mm -hmm. And that appears now to have been the motivation behind the attack on him on Friday. Yeah. Um, that's, that's caused an enormous conversation. Mm. Um, and also the Jerry Sadovitz incident um, mm. on Saturday. Um, Jonathan Pye put an interesting tweet out saying that the fringe is over, I think he said. Um, and the Pleasants put out a statement whereby they referred to his material as uh, his uh, as opinions. Mm. So the whole nuance between character... So, it, so it's not referred to as jokes, it's referred to as opinions. Yes. I love, and have loved since I was 14, Derek and Clive. Yeah. I'm... I was introduced to them by a friend of mine called Stephen Baldwin, not the actor, um, who gave me a C90 tape with all of Come Again on and then half of Derek and Clive Live. And I have never laughed so much in my life, but I was aware already of Peter Cook and Dudley Moore, who they were, and I was aware mm. that they'd done, you know, Pete and Dud. And I was aware, I'd seen the Raven sketch, teaching ravens to fly underwater. So I immediately knew that these are characters. I'm not listening to someone who is genuinely screaming at his mate whilst getting blow, a blowjob in the toilet. I knew that they were characters. Sadovitz has done his stuff now for 30 years. Yep. You know what you are 
going to get with him. And having watched him, I mean, he's bright. He's, a, he's an intelligent man. There will be a process behind this. You know, there will be something where if you were to... I, I mean, if you were to isolate 10 seconds of this, you could probably catch one of us saying something absolutely horrendous because you avoid context completely. Mm-hmm. And I think that the key thing with Sadovitz is the what was the context in which things were said. I'd like to know that because context does matter. Mm-hmm. Context does matter in the arts. But also the other thing is someone's gone, well, he's got his cock out. It's like, well... Really? Doesn't he oh, always do that? Always gets his cock out. Yeah. I mean, certainly at Edinburgh Fringe, good ten years ago, I watched Puppetry of the Penis. There was more than one cock out. Mm. There would you know, be. Do we suddenly is is that now? Is that the latest thing? It was so oh no, no they're offensive because we've had over a hundred years of being told that the male organ is offensive, the female organ is attractive, and that's why we can't show one of those on television. Are we going a bit more down that way, but are the Edinburgh Fringe bringing that in now? That's a bit worrying, I would have to say. That would that's that's me. sort of... So th- it's a really polarised response. Mm. Um, and I think that it's highlighted more than even the... Um, the RSC thing. I think it's highlighted that there are certainly there are two continuums within the arts now, mm. um, which can't easily be split down left and right. They can't easily be split down the age divide. They can't easily be the the, the kind of. There's a lot of people struggling to express an opinion on a lot of these matters. It's mm. it's it in itself the reaction is quite worrying. Uh, because it's it's just more and more. I think social media in this instance is is kind of an accelerant, really. Mm. Because as you just said, you were trying to provide some historical context. Literally, uh, that's all. And I wasn't being a dick. I wasn't going. Well, actually, I think you're fine. It's just mm. one of those. You know, when you start talking and you go, oh, and that means that, and that means that, and you make those little connections. And because we were talking about theatre, I thought, well, let's talk about theatre. Because of course, well, there's a thing. That's all it was. That's all it was. But, again, it's it's kind of... It, it's You know, Twitter's not like a conversation, is it? No. <clears throat> it's more like... Um, what can it be described as? I suppose the best... The best comparison I can make is when people are in cars and they feel that someone has, has smited them by cutting them up or pulling in front of them or nicking a parking and people within their cars will scream and shout all kinds of things that they won't say to people's faces they just mm. wouldn't dream of, of talking to another human being like that mm. um, and so I think it's a very fast medium as well isn't it do you know oh, what I mean oh, yeah. in the same way that a car speeds past you people see a comment and they'll jump on it yeah you know what I mean um, yeah, so yeah. I think that it's it's sort of prone to that thing and I don't think it's very healthy for um it's not the healthiest way to discuss what are very complex issues sometimes you know mm. sometimes these things are so complex that a hundred was it 140 characters 280 whatever it is mm. they're just not adequate they're just not adequate um so i think that sooner or later everyone who uses twitter ends up saying something that someone takes the wrong way Oh, God, absolutely. It just seems to be that way. But then, I mean, why... I know why we've got it. I just kind of wish that... Because not everything needs discussing like this. Not everything does. 
And again, I would say that what would help here is if we still had one or two TV programmes where intelligent people were on television saying words. It would help. That would be good. So there was actually a conversation taking place that wasn't people screaming. Um, mm. But I don't think we're going to get that. I can't see Call My Bluff being brought back at any point or anything, I'm afraid. No. So who'd be on it? Alan Carr. Absolutely Ugh. not. Who's he, the guy who helps you stop smoking or Chatty no, Man? The Chatty Man. with Chatty the, Man. No. Well, you see, if if they would only listen and put you in charge of everything, you know. I mean, just the BBC, dear. I don't want everything, although I will take government on. But yes. Uh, no, I think. Oh, I I think. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I think that. I think the arts is having a bit of a. I think the art is in danger of eating itself at the moment. And frankly, mm. Nadine Dorries is trying to kill you all anyway. So I wouldn't bother. I mean, the, the, we're being attacked from the outside. Let's not do this. Can't we just all just calm down and stop it? No. That'd be my message. I don't think if that's going to happen. If I was running for office, that would be my, my official slogan. Calm yes. down and stop it. Yes. Well, I, like I've said to you, you know, you're, you're somebody who understands the historical context of theatre. Um, but I think there's a very year zero approach um, going on at the minute. Um, and it's it's weird because um, it would appear that what we've got is a... An, what do they call it? Is it an iconoclasm mm-hmm. where things clash? Yes. Is that right? Uh-huh. Yeah. And I think, that, um, I think that's what's happening around us, yeah. to be quite honest with you. Um, and, you know, you were tempting to sort of wade in there to to bring some kind of context and nuance it's never going to fly mate no it's never going to fly but because, what's so wrong about you know, knowing something anything that disagrees contradict whatever you want to call it but anything it that is added- contrary anything that is contrary to an opinion someone holds in 280 characters is going to be leapt upon Right, so if someone says that was illegal and you know for a fact it was never illegal mm. and you just say, oh no, it wasn't, then that isn't just somebody stating a fact. That is somebody jumping on them and attacking their belief. But facts are political now. Facts are political. Mm. You know. So yeah. you, you can't win. You just Sometimes you just can't win, dear. It's not fair. I know it's not fair, but there's not a lot you can do about it. You've tried. You know what? I mean, at the end of the day... God knows I tried. Absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, look, the job of the arts is to be controversial. Mm. It is to do things which will enrage an audience. So in some ways, what I would say is this um, Joan of Art play is doing what theatre should. It's irritating people by just telling them the tiniest detail... Just enough to make people go, oh, that's outrageous. It happened to Sarah Kane, you know, at the end of the day. It, it will happen again. It's just that now people who would never, ever go near the Globe Theatre, people who probably think it's in Stratford or people something. People who won't have heard of the Globe Theatre or Joan of Arc. Now have to. And that's what I'm saying, you see. Either side of it, it's just complete and utter... This is what I think. There's this rigidity in thought. But why can't we just go, well, I don't have an opinion on that? Because there are many things you, that I don't have an opinion to. on. You have but, to have well, an opinion. 
And yet when I've on, been on Twitter and I've been told you've got to care about this thing because it's important, and I tried to explain it by saying, right, well, I get a bit concerned about what I've heard about the state of the ATV archive that's being held in Leeds. Mm. Apparently it's in a right state. Likewise. I, I genuinely am concerned about that because that's culture, that's history, and it's not being... I could be wrong, ITV, I apologise if I am, but apparently you keep finding episodes of Crossroads that nobody knew about. Nice. But Yes, if I get to see them, please. Um, mm. But I do care about that. But then apparently, no, that's not something to care about. Well, who decides? What, because you don't care about it, therefore well, it's invalid? Well, at the minute, social media seems to decide. Oh, you it know. does, doesn't and it? And you are an active user of it. I've been engaging... The yes. last couple of days, though. Yes. Rather than anything else, I've I've just engaged with a few of the nice boys and girls who listen or watch uh, nice things as well. Ah, um, they're nice people. They are. And just with, you know, little little clips of things. Like today I put out a little Twitter uh, clip of uh, Brian Kant, little outtake uh, from Play Away, where he accidentally gropes Tony Arthur's boob. That sort of thing. And then you can have a nice chat about how evil Noel Edmonds is, as we did. Um... I, I think maybe that's what I need to stick to because I don't care. I don't care. And why should you? I shouldn't. Why I should you? And and this is the thing you see. It's kind of like it, all those people who are bitching about it, and potentially a lot of people who are supporting it, they never go to theatres. No. Never. No. Never ever. I mean, I love the Globe Theatre, but I think I've probably been to shows there about six times since it opened in 1997. So I can't imagine that people who are shouting about history being besmirched, I can't think, really? So are you going to go and watch this, or will you just be wanking? The theory is that it all goes back to Princess Diana, all this outward displays of It owes me a thousand pounds, but yes, go on. Yeah, well, that's, that's the theory, isn't it? that that is the uh, polarising event between you having to cur and the traditional British viewpoint of couldn't give a shit, mate. There is that. I think the other thing with it is it felt that that was the first time the British were given permission to hmm. lose their shit and be upset. It's like, no, don't be British, cry. And then that's why uh, that's why all you could hear as the coffin was going past. I remember one particular woman screaming, oh, Diana, and I thought, did you meet her? Did you? Was she a yeah. mate? I doubt it, otherwise you'd be in the Abbey. So I, I, I didn't have much time for that. But I think that because we were given ta- permission, you hmm. are now allowed to be upset about this person you've never met. For the first time ever, really, the country kind of lost its shit. Mm. at that point. That's the theory. Um, and we haven't recovered. Oh, I completely go along with that. Completely go along with that. That yeah. was when all of a sudden it's like, do you want to have a good cry? Go on, you can now. Well, there's a government agency called the Nudge Unit. Are you aware of them? No. I think it's. I think that's what SAGE is. I think that they are known in um, government circles as the Nudge Unit. Mm. Um, I'm sure a Google would uh, answer that question. And their sole... Uh, job that they employ all these behavioral scientists and their sole um, modus operandi is to effectively shape the nation's mood that's why they're called the nudge unit well it's not working here because all i've done the last week is watch episodes of jazz 625 and whilst i've got them yes that that wouldn't that wouldn't please them that wouldn't please them you 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 sort of 
these days it would appear you have to pick a side or you will have one chosen for you. Um, and as far as I'm concerned, I don't want to play. No. I'm not interested. In my opinion, going back to our national characteristic, I think that I don't think we are people of extreme opinions, like like the French who you mention in yeah. this country. I don't think we are. I think we're people who are very, you know, sort of we've we've got our middle of the road way, mm. you know, and and we are quite happy to plow that furrow. And as I think it was Theresa May, not the shampoo, uh, the uh, the prime minister woman. Um, I think it was her who made the comment that only... Uh, well, Twitter is not Britain, I think she said. And when you mm. actually look at the statistics, I think there's only 20% of the population on Twitter. Mm-hmm. So it's a strange... It's a, it's, it's a reality that people choose to live within. And I think that people lose a lot of context when they're locked in that world. I mean, you know, I, I used to use it lots more. I used to end up in arguments on there and this, that and the other. And, you know, it's kind of like it was it was it felt gladiatorial, you know, mm. when you actually won. But you never win on there. <coughs> no, you never win on there. And no, if you because met that these people... person blocks you and immediately afterwards has the same argument with somebody else. Exactly. They don't care. Yeah. Exactly. So a strong arms day is numbered. I think what we need here is a series where Strongarm is sent off to the med uh, for a bit. Maybe maybe he takes up a position in um, Agios Nicholas and, you know, working around Ian Henry and Wanda Ventham. I think maybe, I think maybe Alfred Molina could be his, his sort of, you know, his trusted sidekick. With a thick foreign accent. Mm. That's precisely what I think Strong Arm needs at the moment because it's all it's all jump the shark and that's an Americanism that I don't like. El but, Strong Arm. Yes. The set of El Dorado's still up there, isn't it? There you go. You go. Oh. You see, so he goes up there to see what has happened what happened to all the money that they promised to El Dorado. And yes. that's where he bumps into Alfred Molina. Who's running a, a little what taverna? Would the, would that be? We we'll go correct? with the taverna, yes. We we'll yeah. go with the taverna. Alf's there, and um, he's sort of claiming, you know, what I mean, I hey, I no see no money, right? So he's giving <laughs> it all that, and then Strongarm sticks around for one last um, jug of sangria. Would it I be? I think that would be it. Yeah. Jug of sangria, and he collars him in the back, paying the local sangria man out of a suitcase. Of, of uh, sterling yes there we go there that's you where, go that's there. where strong arm needs to be if anybody would like to commission that i'm available to fly out anytime you wish well strong arms pretending he's asleep isn't he but he's watching through the sort of the holes in his straw hat that's exactly it. i can yeah. see the shot yeah you would see that shot they'd, you they'd would see stick that shot. one over the lens and give you that little that's viewpoint. right yes yes uh, straw hat yeah as he nods sagely end of part one yeah. And amazingly, we're coming up to the end of part one. Hey, we I tell are. you what, seamless, seamless. Getting so, this after about seventy of them. Yes, about, yes. Um, so anyway, we were meant to be the antidote to modern living. So there's our um, whatever that was. Yeah. Um, looking at current affairs, I think it's high time we dove headlong, like Alf on his day off, in El Strongarm, into the sea of tranquility. I think so. And discuss so, some nice things. Absolutely. Join us after the break when we will be talking very much nice things. Nice things.
No, thank you. Oh. Uh, uh, no, thanks. <laughs> no, go away. Oh, no, Mrs. No. No, certainly not. Oh, yes, lovely. Thank you. So, there we have it. Proof that smooth and satisfying Panama cigars are definitely not for comedians. Hey, just a minute. I'm just as funny as... Panama, the serious cigar. I'm an entertainer. Very good point. I think that solved what we were talking about earlier, yeah. didn't it? But yeah. Unfortunately, it was during the break. Damn it. But, um, um, you know, you know it'll be sorted. So, dear boy, um, mm-hmm. nice things this week. Have you had anything? I have. Uh, I, I've had two. One was a panic. Uh, a oh. panic nice thing. Uh, I was on I was on the Facebook, um, on one of the many groups that I'm in where people... Facebook? You know, one, of, one of those posts where, where people sort of, you know, you're in a Blake 7 group or something and someone goes, anyone remember Paul Darrow? Yes. You rarely stop thinking of Paul Darrow. I very rarely stop thinking about Paul Darrow. Yes. Anyway, so the, there was on one of those where they said um, that the, the original novelisation from Ooh, 1978... I saw that. Yeah, I saw had, that. ...has come <clears throat> back out. And they were like, because maybe the BBC are relaunching it. And I didn't question that for a second. Why would they remake Blake 7? They're not going to do that. I'm sorry. Um, but I didn't question that. So they'll click Amazon. Let's have a look. And of course, there were, it's at one copy left. So naturally... We got that. Of course. They could course. They could relaunch it with an obese cast and call it Cakes 7. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't they? They could. I'm yeah, up for a bit of that. I'd, I'd watch that. I'd, yeah, I'd yeah I'll be that, in it. Actually. Um, so I got that. And then uh, the other thing, and I just sent you um, a little thing the other day saying, is this worth getting? I've never seen it. And you just said yes. Oh, so, the third man. But, You've never so seen that. Man. Now then, the third man, it's a weird one, um, because very first professional film role I had, uh, I had the line, um, which was something like, um, oh, he'd throw up if he was just on the top of the Wurlitzer a Ferris wheel, something like that. And then I lived in Vienna for a bit, and I went on the Wurlitzer a Ferris wheel, and I basically walked Vienna a lot, but I'd never seen the third man. So I thought, well, let's get that. And of course, thank thank you to our viewers who then started uh, telling me everything else that I have to watch. And mm. this is the problem with films, because I've the watched The problem with that. people. problem with people is they keep telling me to watch nice things. Is so, it Carol Reed, that? It is, yes. It's Carol Reed, isn't it? It's Uncle Carol of Reed. Oliver. That's right. And um, di- uh, written by Graham Greene. Well, this is the thing. I, I'm amazed that you're not aware of the BBC Harry Lyme series. No. Harry Lyme being the character portrayed yeah. by Orson in it. Well, yeah. No, <coughs> so I the BBC did uh, Harry Lyme for years on radio. Harry Lyme was, when that movie came out, you know, people knew who Harry Lyme was. He was a big um, character. Of course, pastiched wonderfully by Carry On Spying. Mm. Uh, and Jim Dale being 87 today. Oh, he is, isn't he? Yes. He is, yes, he yes. Is wonderful. Um, so, well, I'm gonna. I did try and watch it last night, um, but I was hot and cross because I was hot. So as soon as I put it on, there's a part of me that went, "I'm not going to enjoy it." And I thought, "It's not right. The, yeah. Not the right attitude." And then within about ten minutes, there's a wonderful verbal uh, verbal joke which I wasn't <coughs> expecting at all. Where um, the bloke who's gone there, who's been invited by Harry Lyme, ends up a bit pissed. And with um, Trevor, 
Trevor Howard uh, as, a, as an old British colonial type. Yeah, will you tell me drunk, old boy? Why don't I look after you? My friend from the army will look after you over here. And he gets up to swing a punch at Trevor Howard. And this army bloke just goes, poof, and just punches him in the <laughs> face. Really quickly, just goes, bang, he falls down. And within a heartbeat, this man who's just punched him is going, oh, can I help you up? So you see, to have fallen. Yes, that's what being um, British is all about, dear. Inflicting and it, harm and then that's helping it. out. And then Trevor Howard, as he's leaving, goes, oh, um, don't punch him again unless you need to. It's, and Wonderful. I thought, I'm, I'm going to enjoy this. It's a this. great witty script. It's a cracking film. Um, and of course... I mean, aside from that omnipresent zither theme, mm. you know, which again, yeah. pastiched in Carry On Spine, lovely. Mm. Um, what year is that? Is it 1960? No, this is 40. God, is it that old? Shot, I think it was shot in 47 um, and released in 48, or shot in 48, released in 49. So Carry On Spying is still, that's how well known and ubiquitous the, mm. uh, well, the modern word is a meme isn't it? But um, that's how ubiquitous that movie was, that they could still mm. pastiche it. What's Carry On Spying? Is that 19... 62 or 64? 60... Right, okay. I can't think which. One of the so, two, so there you go. Nearly 20 years later, mm. they're still able to draw people in to watch a pastiche of it. But... Um... <coughs> oh, can I just tell you what I love about it, though? Because I did, obviously, I went straight for the restoration featurette. Mm. And thought, let's have a look at this. The restoration featurette is a thing of beauty. Because... It's literally the people who did the restoration and none of them are very comfortable being on camera, which I love. It's just people who know their jobs telling you about their jobs but not enjoying it very much. I love that. That's that's proper. That's like that so. Radiophonic Workshop documentary from years ago. That was like that. That's exactly... Oh, where Delia Darbish is trying to smile to camera all the yeah. time. I love that, yeah. That's um, but it's got that great speech about uh, the cuckoo clock, hasn't it? Well, I don't know. I've not watched it yet. He's talking about Switzerland. Ah, right. And okay. no. I think he says 400 years of being neutral. And what has that given the world? The cuckoo clock. Or something like that. It's a bit like Billy Connolly, that, where he says, what have the Swiss given us? Fuck all. Just uh, cuckoo, cuckoo clocks and Toblerone, I think is his There answer. you go. I don't, I don't well think... Done, uh, I don't think Orson was... Well, he should have been aware of Toblerone. He was a big lad. He should have been. You'd think he would. Um, yeah. But, no, I am I am really now looking forward to having a watch of this. So I, I should be doing That's a great this. film. So yeah. um, what else did they suggest you watch? Lawrence of Arabia. Mm. Oh, God, yeah. you never seen that? No, I've never seen oh, it. Oh, no. my God. What a stunning film. No, all right, okay. Never said, well, three and a quarter hours long. What's the what's the line? Is it David Lean said when he turned up on set, you know, Peter O'Toole in all his sort of young beauty. Mm. He said he looked more like Florence of Arabia. He was very beautiful. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, my I mean, God, he was. He, he, he's such an amazing actor. That, that conversation the other week about Hamlet with him and Arson Wells. And uh, what was it? Who was that guy? It's uh, Hugh Weldon. No, 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 the American actor. The oh. Italian-American actor. Wasn't it Irwin or Irvin or something? Yes, yes, Irvin. Um, yeah, Can't yeah. think of his name. Merriman oh, or something. Yes. Something like that. Something like that. Um, and, and it makes you think, doesn't it, that, you know, we we don't really know this sort of grand... Looking at the time he, he was alive, I suppose you'd refer to him as a sort of Edwardian actor, this, this American-Italian who doesn't sound either. Mm. Um... You know, he must have been a big deal. And now, I'm guessing that some people wouldn't know who we were on about with Peter O'Toole and Orson Welles. Possibly not. I mean, straight away, I think about... <laughs> um, 
Noel Coward, because I got that uh, wonderful interview of him and David Frost. Incredible. Magnificent. And and that lovely question where Frost says to him, when did you realise you were going to be a star? And he thinks, and he goes, when I was two. Yeah. And and, and you know that he genuinely did that as well. But that that is just a wonderful interview. It's a, it's a privilege watching people like that who were working at that time. It's oh, fantastic with, with the Coward interview. Mm that you sent to me, the David Frost one, it's it's the way he thinks when he's, mm. like you say, he's thinking about, you know, when did you know you're going to be a star? But he sort of, it, it looks to me, and it, it's probably, well, who knows, unconscious or conscious, but he's he appears to be performing all the way through that interview. And when mm. he thinks, he makes sure you know he's thinking. Oh, it's all his face. thought, yes. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That's precisely what I thought. And it's, I don't know, there's, there's something charismatic and magnetic about him. And you literally want to watch it because you want to feel like you're in his company. Mm, and I think that's... Absolutely. I think he goes on about X Factor, not the shit programme, but I think he goes on about that X Factor, doesn't he, In it? Yeah, he does. He talks about that and what constitutes it and where it comes from. And it's um, kind of like, you know, he's displaying it. it. Absolutely, throughout the whole thing. You know, he's giving it the star. He's giving it the performer. Brilliant. Brilliant. So well aware, so well aware of the cameras as well. My oh. God, he plays to those cameras. Which, and I'll tell you why that's fascinating. Um, it's because rather than four cameras on it, there were eight cameras. Because what you had yeah. was you've got your British cameras and next to them is an American film camera. Yeah. So it's being shot twice with two cameras both moving together. God, that would have been distracting. Yeah. How do you know which camera to play to? Well, he plays to the American ones, of course, because they're in colour. So, it's the American version that we've yeah, got. Yeah, that's that's what we've right. got left. There would have been it would have originally been made on black and white video, um, right. but no, what we've got is colour film. Rather amazingly, I love it when you find little things like that. There's all they used to do these tests quite a lot um, at ITV. There's an edition of. Um, Sunday night at the London Palladium from 1966 that's been shot using the same thing of having your normal black and white British cameras and next to each one was a colour American camera. Vulgar was, American camera. Vulgar American. <coughs> but, you know, to actually see something from 66 at the London Palladium, to see it in full, girish, yeah. streaky colour, but it's all there. Yeah. That's, that's a lovely thing. But, um, yeah, so um, I shall... I shall be watching uh, the third man, hopefully, before the wicked world of work raises. Uh, I don't want I to think about that. No, let's not consider that. So, what about you? Nice things this Nothing. week. You've had a bit of a dry patch. That's. I that's... have again, again. I've been uh, editing our film, and I've been yes. doing Going a number nicely. of other things. And mm. unfortunately, no. I, I I need to buy some stuff. I, I need to buy some stuff. Yeah. I was thinking, since you mentioned Lawrence of Arabia. I wonder if that's on Blu-ray. That is on Blu-ray. I know because I've got copy coming. Seven pounds. No. Yes. That seven quid. That's. I. I, I intend to go and pay twenty pounds for it. On Fair principle, enough. it's too good. I mean, yeah. David Lean's films are fantastic. Have you never seen Doctor Zhivago? Nope. Oh. They're quite oh long, aren't they? They are quite long, but God, it's good. That's... Boris Kastanak's novel. And who's the who's? It's not Julie Christie. It that, is Julie is it? Christie. Julie, Tom I should Courtney, watch it then because I'm in Alec love Guinness, with Julie Christie. I don't um, care about these men. Uh, who don't, who do I you? care about? 
No, oh, uh, well, Christie. I know. Yeah, Julie Christie. Second, oh. second podcast in a row where she's been mentioned. Yeah, I looked up Smashing Time, by the way. You know yes. that film I was on about with Lynn, Gra- Lynn Redgrave and Rita Tushingham, written yes. by George Melly. I'd forgotten that. Oh, I I'd saw forget- a picture of something to do with this on Twitter. Did you post it? I said, well, I, I think I WhatsApp you the poster. Right, that's it. Okay, it's yeah. a great little film. That mm. it's a cracking film, but written by George Melly immediately made me love it more. Oh, I think yeah, I knew absolutely. that anyway, but I'd forgotten it. Mm, love there's George a, Melly. Well, there's a great programme. I don't know if you ever remember it, where he's round Lark Lane in Liverpool and he's uh, he's in the Albert. I've only, I've only ever heard talk of it, want to see. Mm. Strongarm oh, needs to get on the case. See what he can do with that. Well, he managed yes. to find the roads of freedom, the roads to freedom to annoy Isn't that getting urges. a repeat? That's had a repeat. Oh, it's had a repeat. Okay. It's had a repeat. And it's interesting, not to go back to what we were talking about before, but of course, uh, there was a big post, uh, I think it was uh, Peter Hitchens, wasn't it, about Mm. the roads to freedom and it's being blocked by the BBC. Took me about an hour to get Mm. a copy. And then they went, oh, it's on BBC Four anyway, but... um... I suppose it generated a little bit of anger for a moment. But um, wonderful well, program. Yeah. Wonderful. It, again, this is this sort of, you can't buy this publicity. No, absolutely. But um, yeah, so uh, they, that will be being watched this week. You need to get something nice for yourself, dear. I, I do. I do. Mm. I do. I will get Lawrence of Arabia. Get I will Lawrence buy of that. Arabia. We could record a commentary. And yes. We'll pop it up for the boys you and girls. You won't have so. the stamina for that. It's about oh, no, three... Hours long. No, it's three and a quarter hours long. If we yeah. divide it up, if we pop it into an edit suite, maybe, dear, and if we just sort of put commercial breaks in every every yes. 17 minutes or so. Comfort breaks, as the Americans call them, so you can go to the Absolutely toilets. not. No, 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 commercial break. I don't like um, the phrase comfort break. No, because it suggests that if you're not constantly pissing, you're uncomfortable. What sort of a life is that? Well, there is some truth in that. I don't like it when I want a wee. I hate nope. wanting a wee. No, but I, I'm talking about all the time. I mean, if I want a wee, then I will... Uh, I'll just go for a wee, actually. I don't... Do you not just do that? Yes. Do you, do you hold on? Oh, no. Absolutely. No, 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 no. Can't hold no. a piss. No. No. It's impossible these days, it's, it? Well, it's just impossible full stop. Can't. I'm finding it more difficult as the years go on. I've just always been like that. Don't like it. Mm. Apparently, the human bladder can hold nine pints of liquid, but it becomes uncomfortable. That's why the Americans say it, I suppose. Uh, after one, when you've got one pint in there, it's it's got to go. Right. Okay. I don't think the Americans call it that because of that. I think they just don't want to refer to toilets because it's probably a bit. Yeah, they probably you know, don't, do they? It's probably going to be something like that. I mean, we can't talk about them. No. Probably. Well, the French wouldn't have any problem talking about le pissoir. Absolutely none. <clears throat> oh, I'd love, I'd love a pissoir in the village here. That'd be wonderful. You can just choose a tree and have one. No, no, no. You've got to have a properly built one, like in a lower low. They must stink, then. They must... I have used one. Right. And it, it was disgusting. Yeah. It's like it, when you're at Glastonbury or something like that, and somebody on the other side of those freestanding urinal is pissing and splashing you. Not yeah, good. It, no, it Not wasn't good. good. And as I remember as well, um, it was in such a bad, a bad state, poor state of repair. Yeah, they're all knackered. Yeah, so when I did a wee, it blasted some rust off and the rust got me in the eye. Well, there you go. But I still want one. You still want a pissoir? Yes. Well, submit a planning application. That's not a bad idea. I could do Yes, I, I want a pissoir in the village, but you know it would be full of roofs. 
Yeah, well, we've got to do something about that as well, haven't we, really? Because I'm, yeah. I'm getting a bit bored of that sort of thing. But the good thing is the weather's turned, so they won't come here anymore. I had the window open, and on Sunday oh. morning at 6.30 in the morning, some roughs were going down the street shouting. Oh. Woke me up. Now, absolutely not. No. No. Despite what we were saying in the first half there about, you know, we don't care in the middle. There are certain things which I do care about. Yes, the rougher type of boy coming down who our street through, and making shouting noise. Shouting by the window. Shouting I, by my window. Absolutely not. Nail them up. Window. Well, there's a certain... Yes. 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 Yes, the, re- the reactionary comes rising to the surface. Well, I just think, you know, I paid for that window and it's not yours to shout through. If you no. wish to shout through my window, pay the mortgage. Yes. Yes, Simple or at least pop a check through the door. Something like that. Postal order would do. I like a postal, postal order. order. It's I been too hot, though, this weekend. It's, been, it's still hot now. It is, isn't it? Yes. That's the annoying thing. It's grey, mm. and you think, lovely, and there's been rain. It's still hot. Grey and hot. Humid. Humid. Don't like humid. Like a naughty John Major calendar. Mm. Grey and hot. Yeah. Not that he ever was hot. Unless you were Edwina Curry, she liked him. Oh, she loved him, didn't she? She did, yes. She did she have an affair it. with him? Is that right? She, yeah, that's right, yes. I know, picture it. Oh, no. No, no. No, no, no. no. I no, need to get nice things. To, you see, I, the trouble is I'm looking at my shelves now and I've got everything. I mean, I'm I'm waiting for my rep- the they've reprinted and updated Bending the Willow. Yes, the David Stewart Davies book on uh, Jeremy Brett. That's in the post. Um, is that is that on its way? Yeah, I don't know when it's out. It's not far off. Um, so it's not far off. Probably a couple of weeks yet. So I mean, what about starting a new branch of the collection? Go on then. I'm well, ways. I mean, I'm just thinking because you've got everything in terms of the annuals and things yes. like that. Have you never considered trying to build up a library of the actual comics themselves? Oh, I've got those. Oh. Oh, yes. Have you never right. seen that? Let me see if I can uh, flex the camera for you and Ooh. the boys and girls at home. Can you you see them? Oh, yeah, there they are. Right. Yeah, okay. there they are with my own uh, handmade spines. Uh, ah, yes, you see. That's, okay. that's, that's worrisome, isn't it? Uh, that's it's very organised. It's very frightening. People come round here and they're frightened. Mm. <laughs> I'm frightened. Well, okay. Well, what about um, uh, Target books? Have you got the full set? Got quite a few, as you oh, can see up there. Set. Not a yeah. full set. No, I I haven't. But aren't some of them super expensive? Yeah, they are some of them. Okay, yes. so we'll, we'll take that off. Um, so what's the wheel in space going for these days? Oh, probably about 45 quid. I've got that one, actually, though. I should have a look at that. Yeah, but no, I remember you're right. that was I mean, more expensive. No, I'd, I'd still love to have them. Yes. I would still love to have them. But just not pay for them. Not pay for them, no. Well, I used the to like charity shops, isn't it? Charity shops yeah. are getting very canny with what things are worth. Well, the John Fitton... Everyone's got the John Fitton ones. Yes. You know, every month he'd have, like, I don't know, Planet of Evil and all mm. that. Like, you could get them off for of 75p, couldn't you? Mm. No. Like no. Can't Not get now. the wheel in space for 75p. Can't have it. No, so I think you, you maybe you're just going to have to think of a new branch to add to the tree of niceness there. Yes. Or maybe Cake 7. Maybe the old Cake 7. I've never, I've never took to that, though. Well, it's it's very there? cross, that series. Is it? Yeah, it's very... 
very heightened, which I love, of course. The moment you've got people shouting nonsense at each other, but in a BBC way, I will. I want to watch this. Want to watch? And it yet, if like they Twitter. do it on HBO, I get no. I don't want to watch that. An American Blake Seven. Absolutely not. Why would you even propose that? They'll do it now that you've said it. That an awful idea. James Gandolfini. Instead of Gareth Thomas. You don't know who is he, he is. Is he knee dead? He is. But so is Gareth Thomas. Well, that's true, yes. So you see, they might be yeah. doing it, they might be playing Cake 7 in heaven right now. I like that idea. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Gareth Thomas wouldn't have stood for any of this sort of thing. He'd have just got drunk. Did he like uh, a drink? Love to drink. Oh, yes. Geezer. Oh, he Geezer. Yeah. yeah. Didn't he mm. show up in Torchwood or something? Mm. Not long before. As an elderly paedophile, as I recall. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. I remember so, him being uh, jolly red in it. Maybe that's because he got caught. It could be that, yeah. Yes. Um, but, uh, no, I, I do love a bit of Gareth Thomas. I'm watching him in Parkins Patch at the moment. This Not seen. Lovely police procedural. Used to go out twice a week in 1970. Right. At two right. o'clock in the afternoon. And the lovely thing is with this series is each episode's 25 minutes, but you get the feeling, because it's one bloke writing every episode, that he suddenly goes, ah, that's the word count, we'll just stop that one there. Because most of them don't have a final scene, where he goes, right, well, we'll have to go and see him, and we'll probably arrest him. And you think, good, let's see... Oh, it's finished. Lots Very of the strange. Sweeney's like that, though. A lot of where the Sweeney's is unresolved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember being a kid watching the Sweeney, because they used to repeat it, and... Uh, I remember saying to my mum, it's like, what's going on? And her pointing out that it's just television for adults and that's what adult television does. Mm. Fair enough. Well, yes, yes. Yeah, fair it's enough. a bit like these podcasts. They have no resolution. Oh, there's never any resolution to no. this thing. No, 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 no not at all. Not. It's but, too hot um, for resolutions. It's far too hot for resolution, so I'm hoping that the, the heat will die off slowly. And apparently it should do, because wasn't that last heat from America common? And mm. the, the one before was from the Sub-Sahara or something. So we've had... Really? Yeah, I think so. The first one was Sub-Saharan, but this is Atlantic. Right. I know that because Laura Tobin, the lady who does the weather service, I always listen to her. Ooh, I'd listen to her also. Mm, yes. She'd listen to. Yes. So, Yes. Well, I don't ever listen to radio or telly, so I just have this sort of experiential uh, relationship with the weather. So when it's hot, it surprises me, and when it rains, it surprises me. Well, I did get one other thing this week. Go on. A little concession to modernity. Go on. Right, so, Star Cops. Love that series. One of my favourite things about it was uh, old David Calder uh, in the lead role, a brilliant actor, had this sort of like little, well, it was a bit, bit like an iPhone sort of shape, right. a bit bigger, but it was called Box, and he could talk to Box, and Box would talk back, and he could say, "Oh, Box, put the nice lights on." Bit oh, like Box. Siri, bit like that. So yesterday I bought an Alexa. Right, that is all we've got time for, boys and girls. No, There's no more no, no. podcasts ever. No, listen, no. listen, no, no. Why not? Why not? Because why not? We've had Why this not? discussion. You said that you would never associate with anyone who owned an Alexa. Let's right, be ha- honest. We did. I did. Ugh. Yes. But you can you can tell it to do things. It's a bit like having a... I'm not going to say slave. Um, you are contributing to the destruction of society. 
What? Because I've got a little computer box that. Yes. Uh, why? How's that? Contribute? Firstly, Amazon is the devil. Amazon are going to sell you Lawrence of Arabia for seven pounds. No, no, I'm going to go. <laughs> I'm going to find it elsewhere. I'll buy it HMV, David Lee and thirty pounds. I'm yes, paying. there you yes. go. It's worth every fennig. Um, right. So Amazon are the devil. First right, of okay, all, yes. and now yeah. you've got you've bought something that's going to sit in your house and listen to every word you say, dear. I unplug mine. It says don't unplug it. It doesn't matter. It. Still listens. It can't listen if it's it's not got a battery mm. in it. It's mm. got to be on the mains. It's I got just a secret it. Amazon battery that you don't. Well, know then about. that that'll only last about six weeks. Then then it'll be dead. So that's fine. But I can yeah, you know, I can just sort of sit there and I can say, oh, Alexa, what's the BBC news headlines? And then I get them. That's nice. I can sort of issue orders. Well, Alexa, play uh, play some Steve Reich for me. And and it does. And it'll play Steve Reich. It, and you'll get him doing his Mr. Angry character. It does occasionally get things wrong. I'm exactly. But, but I can order it to do things. But then when I get cross with it, after about 15 minutes, I just pull the wire out of it and I put the record player on. This is contra to every Carmichael philosophy. Yes. But as you were saying before we started recording, I am a little bit... Uh, yes. Not quite sure where I sit in certain no. things. Well, you so. sit with your, uh, you know, your enslavement to corporate or, America now. Well, with my slave. But, uh, you know, four quid a month. Oh, you know, pig looks to man, man looks to pig. <laughs> I'm not sure about this. Oh, no, I wouldn't have one of them in the house, Sid. Well, I'm just going to try it out for a couple of months and just see. And it might try and kill me. It's quite possible. It might. What it happened might. with the fella and Box? Did Box become sentient and try and strangle him in the night? No, Box was just a bit sort of like offhand. I think that's what I need. What I was hoping for is I thought maybe you can change its personality in some way. Because what I would really like is one of those sat there... But it had the demeanour of uh, of John Gielgud, you know, in Arthur, when he's in the film Arthur. He's like, mm. Perhaps you would like me to wash your dick for you, you little shit. And that sort of thing. I'd like it if it hated me. But it doesn't want to. It, it does it hate you. To. Really? Then it, it does. Then it's allowed to say it. I would I would much prefer that. If it, you know, if I say, oh, Alexa, play the news. If it just went... <sighs> and there was just a sigh and I had to ask again. That sort of thing. No, no, no. They're, they're too sneaky. They're too sneaky. They won't show their hand. It's like Hal in 2001. I haven't the same seen that, thing. obviously. It'll, but okay. be, it'll be singing uh, Daisy, Daisy when you get up in the night for a piss, as you inevitably will. Well, I don't want that. It doesn't need to be underhand. It it'll be stood over open. you in the night. It's only a little round box thing. Ooh. But it might hover. It hovers. They do hover. I saw a video on YouTube <laughs> about it. So, anyway, if it, if it was, it's allowed to be openly crossed. It's like, I, it, in the same way as I would love a butler, but it would mm. have to be like Jeeves. It would just have to not like me very much. Just think, oh, Christ, whatever I did, I'd love that. Jeeves loves Bertie. Whilst also despising him, I think. Yes. Well, what Jeeves they, actually loves, he loves the sort of feudal... Um, arrangement doesn't he mm. it represents order yes he has status because of his status in relation to his gentleman is this where we've gone wrong do we need to go back to feudalism do you think? i'd say so mm. i'd say so i think that our um 
leaders, for want of a better word, are, are, are dead set on a course of return to feudalism. Right, no, this is where it becomes a problem, because where am I sat here? In the, oh, in the well, you're in the trench with me, master. Not happy then. No, no, no. this is only going to work if I'm up there somewhere. If I'm, I'm not doing it otherwise. I'm afraid not. I'm afraid not. We, we are both in the, in the trench, aren't we? Let's be honest. We entertain this fantasy that we have status, but when all's said and done, not, not in the grand scheme of things. We didn't go to the right school. Mm. Yeah. That matters true. when we're, we're going back to one of those systems. I know, I know it matters, but yeah. I, uh, you know, the trenches are surely where you, you send the other people. We are the other people. I don't want to be the other people. Right, well, let's cling to what we've got then. Send that Alexa back. And okay. Otherwise, that will hasten our inevitable journey to the trench. It can play the podcast, though. It's very clever. Uh, yes, and we'd listen in the trench. Well, I don't think we'd have much luck recording this if someone was trying to shoot us at the Somme. Oh, no, we only shoot you if you pop your head up. It, it, we're just digging oh, well, trenches around the estate. Oh, oh, I thought you meant I was going to be sent to the Somme. To oh, no, oh. Th those days are over. Oh, right, no, I can build trenches. Well, yes, oh, no, no Malks for you. you. Me, you, Malk would be in charge of us. Yeah. Absolutely not. That yes. reminds me, that yes. reminds me. Didn't talk about my door situation. You didn't talk about your door situation. I had an awful time. Yes. Awful time the other day because there's a door just here that <laughs> needed to be taken off its hinges. I've not done that before. So no. naturally, I, I contacted you and asked a few rudimentary questions. But there was a question that I forgot. And okay. this turned out to be important. Okay, this mm. was the one. And I, I wasn't going to text you back because I was halfway through and I thought, he's going to say I've done it wrong. No, not doing mm. it. No. So... I wasn't sure, because there's three hinges on a door. don't know if people know that. Um, I wasn't sure which Not order... Not all doors, dear. Really? There should be three. Some of well, mine in here, I've only got two. Oh, well, you were at risk then. I'll tell I you was why. short-changed. Yes, you were. Because I wasn't sure whether to take the top one off first ah, or the bottom one bottom off first. One. Right. So this is where there were problems. I did tell okay. you to take the bottom one off first, I'm sure. Did you? No, yes. no, I don't think oh, so. Oh, no, I, you I, were asking which side you took off. Yeah, do I take it off the wall the door or the or door? The door or the frame. That's it. So, yeah. so I thought, well, I'm not asking any more questions. I'll just go with it. So what I did was I went uh, top first, mm. and then I went for the middle, at which point the door it was. started going like a pendulum. And yes. I thought, this is this is not good. I don't know no. what's going on here. So Gravity. I did the only thing... Well, it was gravity. Gravity is what's going on. Yeah. Really go like that. I was going to rip the bottom part out. So I did the only sensible thing I could, which was I straddled the door. I put my legs yeah. around the door to hold it in position, then reached forwards to unscrew the bottom ones, at which point gravity really did take over. Yes. Because the door sort of lifted up, catching me between the bollocks and lifting me yeah. about a foot in the air, mm. which I wasn't yes. expecting. I was outraged by that. But you've learned an important lesson. Not really, because I'll forget that next time. I think, well, which one is it? Oh, I'll just go for the top. I'll, well, I'll remember that those on the bottom rung of society get put in the trench next time, and remember to hit the bottom first. But I might remember that and not remember it's about doors. Ah, well, think of Jim Morrison. 
So all I've got to do to hang a door is remember Jim Morrison and yeah. that I don't wish to be... No, that I do wish to be in the bottom in the trenches. Yes, and you should be all right. If I've got to remember this sort of logic thing for every single thing I have to do in life, this is why we have people round. This is why men come and do these this things. Is right. I'm not making that mistake again. That was hell. Hell on earth. It took me seven hours. I recommend you get a drill with um, screwdriver attachments. It will change your life. Because then you can just go and remove screws. I'll go and put them back in. But you enjoy doing that sort of thing. I don't. You do. You're always doing stuff like that. Mm. I've I've been off six weeks. I've not put the towel rail up. Oh, okay. That's better then. Mm. That makes me happy. Because I've been sat here editing video. Yes. Yes. And now we've got to go back. We've got to go back. We have to return to work. No. <laughs> no, absolutely. No. Back not. in the no. trench. Back in the trench. I've I've got quite good at sitting around in shorts. I've got brilliant at it. Mm. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I think I've probably forgotten how to do anything apart from it. But uh... <laughs> could, maybe we could sign on at the labour exchange. That would be good. You can. But do you that do that online now. Apparently. No. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, no. you sign on online. No, absolutely. Well, how do they know what you're up to then? I don't know. I don't know. Because that was always part of the fun, going and I think you have to do, like, fill in a form on the internet every day. This is the job. Here's the link on the internet to the job I've been looking for, and, and, and this is how it's going. And what then you... No. No. So I'm afraid it's off with the shorts, on with the cap and gown, and back to work you go. Oh, well. No. No. Not at no. all. Oh, no. Well. Don't want there to. There we go, then. No, but there we are. But no, I think so long as you've bought something nice for yourself for next week. Yes, I shall do. I shall. I'm going to go straight after we finish. I'm going to go straight online. I'm going to buy Florence of Arabia. And then I'm going to look at whatever other nice things I can buy. Excellent. That's exactly what I you think so. I I'm, think I'm so. too hot now. Too hot. Time yes. for a nice glass of American Coke. Yes, American Coke and a lie on the sofa. I think. Do it. Yes. Do it. Yes. Well, I think that about wraps it up, don't you? I think it does. I think it yes. does the job rather well this week. Feeling jaded. It was sorted politics out for a start. Oh yes, yes, yes. Zero solutions. No, 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 no. no I'm more an ideas man, <laughs> as the saying goes. Absolutely. Right. Well, as we always say, whatever you're doing, enjoy your week, and we hope to enjoy ours back in the My The Factory. And until the next time. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Presented by Sir Michael Livesley and Lady Paul Carmichael. The music was written by Michael Livesley and the flutes were played by Andy Frizzell and John No Jokes Please Lewis. Nice Things is a Guilty Dog production. Nice thing.